Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. My guest today, Judith Joy, is a manifestation mentor, coach, and author. Judith has authored two incredible books. The first one, Surviving Your Teenager and Being Happy Anyway, and my personal favorite, Dear Future Lover, Bring Your Book Boyfriend to Life. This is a great episode. Judith is really helping us understand, ultimately, how to bring the joy into your life. So stay put, stay tuned. This is a great episode. See you in just a minute. Hi, Judith. Welcome to the show. I am psyched to have you here today. I have so many questions for you, but before I get to them, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk with you and this is going to be great. Oh, it is. I know it is. You, you, you have so much passion behind you. You know, you can feel it and you can see it, but all of the things that you do are so incredible to me. You know, I, I hear people talk a lot these days about manifestation and I just think it's, it's such a fascinating topic to talk about. So I would really love if you could just break down for me to start before we get any further. Okay. What exactly a manifestation mentor is? Because I think sometimes people don't fully understand what manifestation is, what that really means. Um, so basically, yeah. How do you help people manifest their dreams, their, their goals, their desires, and all of these things? what I'm doing is I'm helping people shift their energy so that they can create a life that they choose Mm. because manifestation is about your personal vibe, Mm -hmm. knowing what you want and getting out of your own way. (laughs) And I do this through being an author, a coach, a speaker and hosting high five parties. And then I also have blogs and books and micro mini workshops and videos and other things. That's awesome. How long have you been doing this? I mean, it feels like it's something you just like naturally gravitated towards. I only say that just based on the way that, that you're, you're talking and and your body language. Wow. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I got a little off topic and I'm very curious. Well, I started uh, about in 2003, okay, and that's when I got really serious about it. And before that, I was in a marriage that was just sort of, you know, petering out. And I happened to be seeing uh, Dr. Ron Jainer, who's now my mentor. And I went to a chiropractor and she said, hey, there's this guy in the back room and he's tapping on heads and people are getting better. Well, I'd gone to her for headaches. So I'm like, sure, sign me up. Right. So <laughs> I go back there. He's tapping on my head and I'm relaxing. And I start going, huh, what's going on? So why this? Why that? And he would tell me and he would send me off to take a class, read a book, look at a video, whatever it was. And what I learned was like, Stress is not your friend. Mm, That's (laughs) for sure. (laughs) However, at the same time, stress is your friend. Okay. Now think about it this way. If you have a bell curve and this part of the bell curve is super skinny, 
this is no stress at all. And then you live your life and you have a purpose and you're feeling great and all this, and you're up at the top of the bell curve. You go to the other side of the bell curve where it's super skinny and you've got so much stress, you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're like it's total overwhelm and you're shutting down. The total overwhelm part, it makes so much sense that you have um, all these diseases, the heart disease, the cancer, the diabetes, you know, all these things. It's just like overwhelm. There's too much. Makes total sense. Well, guess what? On the other side of the bell curve, you have the same diseases. You don't have any stress at all. Because you need a little bit of stress to help you move through life. Yeah. And then, you know, even the good things are stress. And yeah. stress is really just about change. That's true. Yeah. I never so really think about it like that. If you get married, yay, rah, I'm getting married. Yay, rah, I'm pregnant, whatever. They're still stresses. Right. There's still changes that are happening. And so your body, because it runs on memorized patterns, goes, wait a minute, new pattern coming in. I'm Uh-oh. not using this. Stop, stop, stop. Give me the old pattern. I know what to do with the old one. Right. And you just learn like that. And it's trial and error. And you create new patterns. Well, when I was ending my marriage, I was like really down and, oh, but be like, okay, well, what are you grateful for? Well, what are you grateful for? And what are you grateful for? And what are you grateful for? And I was having to write lists of things I was grateful for. So I wrote a list, even of things I didn't like, I had to be grateful. So, okay, I'm grateful for the mistress. And I'm writing and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I get to, she took him off my hands. It was wonderful. Stars twinkling. It was great. She, I love her. (laughs) They're married now, have two kids. Couldn't wish them more luck. Wow. That's awesome though. Because I mean, but it makes sense because you've got to that point where you realized well, this stressor actually did something good for me. Yes. Took him off of your hands. I mean, that's incredible. So I got out of my own way because I looked at it a different way. Oh my gosh. And I could have held on to, oh no, he did me wrong and blah, 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 blah. Well, whose life am I ruining? He's already gone. Right. I'm only ruining my own life. So by shifting my perspective, I'm improving my life. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm going to applaud you for a minute. Because, <laughs> I, think you I mean, it's so brilliant. And, and I talk about perspective all the time with people because it's, it's, it's hard in the moment to like shift your perspective until you're like ready or, or you get to that point where you realize like how you realized, wait a minute this is a good thing. It came yeah. out in a crappy way, but it's a good thing. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. just, I, re- that resonates so deeply with me because that's something that I, I just preach to people is just 
changing, not even changing, looking at something from a different perspective. Yeah. And then that can help you. Oh, I'm just very excited here. Don't mind me. And guess what? Your brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. So if you can shift your perspective on something Mm -hmm. and feel better about something, then your brain is feeling better. Yes. And then your body's feeling better. I love it. I mean, how incredible is it though, to, to be able to experience that yourself and to feel that. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful and I'm just so excited. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's awesome to hear because, you know, essentially you took a situation that was, I mean, we have to face facts. It wasn't a pleasant situation. Nothing about it is like, this is fantastic until, until you're able to get to that point. So that's super cool. Yeah. I love that. that. Anyway, sorry. I got really excited about what you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everything that I started doing was for headaches. Right. I was getting daily headaches. I'm like, there's got to be a better way of doing this. Yeah. And so that's what kept me moving forward and learning and learning and learning. But when Dr. Janer went to a matrix energetics seminar, came back, did one session on me, and my writing took a leap enough that I noticed it. Hmm. I went, I have got to learn this stuff. Wow. And then I learned it and I became a certified practitioner and it is fabulous. And then since then, I've taken a little bit from this course and a little bit from this course. And then you look across all the courses I've taken and all the books I've read and going, well, what's the same? What works for everybody? And then you're going, okay, and bring that in. Right. And I'm very kinesthetic. So I'm using my arms all the time. (laughs) You are preaching to the choir. I've spent 20 years being a massage therapist. My hands are my language. So I'm with you there. I like it. It's very eye-catching. I appreciate it. (laughs) I love that. That's really cool. So you, so through, well, basically, I mean, you've kind of taken all of this experience, all of this, you know, um, what am I trying to say? The, the education that you've received, the ex- your personal experience, and then working with people. And you ultimately, you have, okay, this is Judith Joy. This is what Judith is going to be able to do for you. And you're this, you yeah. know, incredible person who can help people reach their goals, find their way, essentially. Right. And what most people don't realize is how important your personal life is. And this is how it works. Vibration, according to David Hawkins in Power Versus Force, goes from zero to a thousand. The lower numbers are things like apathy, grief, depression, anxiety, and shame and blame. And, you know, so many people are down here. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? When you're depressed and you're trying to get off the couch and make dinner, it is really hard. You're not going to make something healthy. You might not even get off the couch. You might just call DoorDash. And it's like, oh, and you go through life. Oh, well, guess what? 
you can't create a life that works for you if you're not working for you. So you move up the scale a little bit and you get to anger. Anger, incredibly, is a higher vibration than depression. You have more energy to do something. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good. But by golly, you're going to do something about it. And you're going to get off that couch and you're going to make a change and, you know, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. You move up a little bit more. And you're going, wait a minute. I'm responsible for everything in my life. I'm responsible for how I feel. I'm responsible for how I respond. I am responsible because I had a contribution to something. Mm -hmm. Even if my contribution was stepping into the morphic field of blah, and the whole world thinks it, and I thought it also. But once you reach that point where you have this belief that you take responsibility for everything in your life, then you tip over to high vibe. And this is where things get so much easier. And this is where you've got kindness, compassion, love, joy, peace, and laughter. Yeah. And it just feels so good. Now, when you're high vibe, you can think it and have it happen. What do you mean? I was in a meeting and it was going on and on and on and on. I was like, oh, I am so done. <laughs> so I put an energy ball together, of course, under the table. Uh-huh. I packed the energy ball with I am done, put it in my hand and spun it out. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. 30 seconds later, he all of a sudden stops in the middle of his talking and says, I think I'm done. And I'm like, wow. Oh, that worked. <laughs> wow. Look at that. And then yesterday I was at the grocery store. And you know how when you go up to your car and you've got your cart and the store is all the way over there. Yes, <laughs> I do, in fact. <laughs> I saw someone coming down the aisle and I was like, I would like to hear, I'll take that for you. And so I unloaded my cart closed the back of the you know the hatchback are they called hatchbacks anymore <laughs> Who knows? sure I'll take it um, <laughs> and he was walking by and he goes I'll take that for you yeah. because I am high vibe I can use so many tools up here for example what is it you would like to hear that's a tool If I was depressed and I was putting out the energy of what is it that I would like to hear, it would not work. So you've got to move your vibration up to have this stuff work. And guess what? If your vibration is high, you are way happier in life. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And this is speaking from someone who has gone through clinical depression a long time ago. Yeah. I I mean, I know what depression is feels like in general and it makes a lot of sense that that vibration is not anywhere near that even what it what's interesting is hearing you talk about it and shifting into anger 
and then, you know, like you don't really think about that. But hearing yeah. you describe that was just really, you know, clicked. Well, and the thing is above anger is pride. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the military is. Mm-hmm. But then above that is taking responsibility for everything in your life. And you're not going to go from depression to, hey, I'm great and I'm happy. It's not going to happen in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing, but life doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't work like that. And the reason it doesn't is because we run on memorized patterns. Mm -hmm. And when you are depressed, chances are you're overwhelmed by something. And you have a pattern of being overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So let's break the pattern, create a new one, and then practice the new one. And then you feel a little better. And then practice the new pattern from there. And then you feel a little better. And then you have a new pattern and you practice that. You just keep moving up. I mean, And then when you're high vibe and you're used to being high vibe, I can go, okay, I'm feeling down, boom, I'm up. And I can literally just send my energy out, expand it. And it was great. I was doing a session on somebody and this was a friend and he wanted a body session. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on him and I'm like, huh, my energy isn't where I would like it to be. So I just put my hands out and went, And I blew it up. And then he was like, I feel like I'm levitating. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> wow. That's pretty uh, yeah, powerful. Again, I know I already used that word, but man. Yeah, so I many mean, people come from manifestation as a law of attraction and the physics of it. And that's all mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, but I'm coming at it from an energy healing perspective. And then applying those same principles to life. And it's some of the same exercises. You know, if you have something in your body and it's not feeling good, you can go, oh, it's gray, it's ugly, it's da 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 And you can feel how heavy it gets. Right. Or you can look at it like, I'm going to put love into this. Yeah. And then the body is smart and the body knows what it's going to do. And it knows how to fix this all on its own. And then you're putting love in it. You're feeling the love. You're feeling great. You put the love into it. And all of a sudden something shifts. And you're going, okay, I'll take that. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but I'll take it. But I'll take it. Exactly. And that's, I I like that. I mean, there. I have too many thoughts in my head all at once here. So don't mind me as I sort through. I think what's really, really neat to me is, you know, you were just describing, you know, coming at it from kind of two different perspectives, the manifestation um, thing, for lack of better words. Okay. And you're absolutely right. Like a hundred percent. Every time that I talk to anyone who is a manifestation coach or, or, you know, something along those lines, or I see people, you know, that I follow on social media talking about manifestation. You're absolutely right. Everyone focuses on the law of attraction, hundred percent. And I think it's really neat that you, that you take a different approach for the same result. Do you know what I mean? 
Way more powerful result. Yes, even better. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I just, there's something really special to me about that because it's a, I don't want to say unique approach because it kind of is, but a more, like you said, powerful, really better results. I mean, who wouldn't want that? But I think that's really neat because that's, you know, not as much that I hear about, which is exciting to me. Keep hearing about the same thing over and over again, you start tuning it out. So having this completely different approach is really, really something special. And, And again, I mean, it resonates with me. I told you I've been a massage therapist for 20 years, actually, let's say 17th. I think I'm about three days away from my 20 year anniversary of starting. Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. Have a party and give I yourself should. a high five. I high really, high you know what? I'm going to do it right five. now. High five me. <laughs> I love it. it, it it's, you know, for, so for me as a massage therapist, you know, being in the, the I'm going to say healing and wellness industry, you know, it's, it's very, I can't think of a better word. I'm always trying to think for words and I cannot think for words. That doesn't make sense. Think of words that I want I to use. <laughs> Good, I'm glad I never know if people know what I'm talking about. Um, and I always end up using the word special just so much because to me, that's a really powerful word. Um, but I kind of lost my train of thought there anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I, 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 I totally get where you're coming from and I, and I love it. And it, it, it feels good to me to know that you have this, this, you know, this healing energy approach that is different that I love. I think that's great and exciting. I want to, so, so I want to ask you another question though, which is, I know, you know, we, you talked before, you know, you're, you're a coach, you're an author, you do all these incredible things. I want to know more about your books. I know that you've written some books and I was going to say, is that them behind (laughs) you? Because they look nice. They look so pretty. (laughs) They look beautiful. I love that they're on display. That is a big deal to me. I always try and I just, I always try and display the things that I've made behind me. So I love that you did that. So tell me a little bit about your books. I think, you know, it's something really, really incredible to be an author, to put your, I'm just going to say words on paper and, and have that dedication to write a book is, is a big deal. So tell me a little bit about these beautiful works that you've created. Okay. First book was surviving your teenager and being happy anyway. I I saw that on your website and I was like, I'm going to need to know this for the future. I always joke and tell my husband, I don't like teenagers. I don't care for them one bit. <laughs> I didn't like teenagers when I was a teenager and not much has changed, but my children are going to be teenagers someday. My nieces are teenagers now. And I was so excited to see that title. So I just had to mention that. Okay, first off, it's basically all this energy healing, all this law of attraction, all this stuff, talking about the principles, Mm -hmm. and it gives a couple exercises and how to feel better. But here's the clue. Read it before your kids are teenagers. Practice everything that's in it. So that by the time they get to be teenagers, you can observe and go, Oh, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> you know, you don't get so involved with, oh no, this is the way it should be, and I have to do it this way, and they're breaking the rules. They're supposed to. That's their job. Yeah. 
up until teenage years, the kids are following your advice. Right. Somewhere, middle school, high school, they go, does this really work for me? Let me test this out. Mm-hmm. And this is really good. You do want them to test things out because then they take ownership. And it's not just what my mom always said, it's I believe in it. So they're taking personal responsibility. And you want them to make their mistakes the younger they are. Mm -hmm. So that by the time they go to college, they know who they are and they can make good choices. And they're not going to go off the deep end. So surviving your teenager is about how you can function, how you can do your thing, your personal vibe goes up. And by the way, you're modeling for your kids at this point. And how great is that? Yeah. I'm so excited right now. Because <laughs> it's, it's just because it's all, you know, it goes back to the whole taking responsibility. Yeah. That's yeah. what it boils down to. And I think that's super cool. So. Yeah. So taking responsibility, I was looking for a husband mm-hmm. and that's where Dear Future Lover came from. I was curious I started, about that one too. <laughs> I started writing a journal to my husband who I didn't know yet, but I wrote to him as if I knew him. And I wrote, Dear Future Husband and blah, 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 blah. I will know you because you make me a better me. Mm-hmm. And another one was, hey, I'm not really into politics. I don't know if you are, but you know, that's not my thing. Well, guess what? Because I mentioned it, politics is his soap opera. He <laughs> loves it. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. But it was so much fun writing it. Yeah, and then I put it away, forgot about it met my husband, was cleaning and found it. And I was like, oh, yay, a journal. Opened it up and went, oh, there's writing in it. Well, what did I write? Oh, oh, I just said that. Oh, he is that. Oh, one of the things was I said that my next husband was going to be a chiropractor. And he is. It's crazy. (laughs) Crazy. It is. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, we call him my naked chiropractor because I can wake him at three in the morning if I've got a really bad headache. <laughs> I love that. I think that is amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, writing this journal worked for me mm-hmm. because what actually worked was I had to think about what it is that I really wanted. Right. So I set the intention of getting a husband. And I said, hey, this husband is going to have these really good qualities. And I wanted someone who was truly kind and loving. And that's what I got. That's amazing. And we've been together 10 years now, married seven and a half. I mean, wow. And I was like, okay, it worked for me. It'll work for other people too. And I wrote a book about it. How amazing. I, I, I love it. And I really have to say, I really like that you titled it Dear Future Lover because that was, I mean, when I was on your website and I saw that title, my brain thought, I need to know more about this book. (laughs) It was the first thing I thought. And hearing you explain it is, I mean, there's no other title you could possibly have. It's the perfect title. (laughs) 
And I just think it's anything you love, right? The same works for a job, Mm -hmm. a house, um, any type of partner you want. And it would work for your kids. Mm -hmm. And you could write a dear future daughter. Mm -hmm. Either you don't have the daughter now or, you know, and you're writing to this baby that's going to come in. You could write to dear future daughter all grown up. And I know you're an amazing woman and da, 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 da. Um, And you just focus on what it is that you would like to have. Now, here's a clue. The universe does not hear the word not. So if you're saying, I do not want headaches. Mm -hmm. The only thing you can picture is headaches. Do Do not think about the pink elephant in the middle of the room. What are you looking at? The pink elephant in the middle of the room. Right, exactly. So write in a positive way what it is that you would like to have. So with Dear Future Lover, I would like somebody who is loving and kind and considerate. Okay. I don't have to say loyal. I don't have to say faithful because they are implying something else but if someone is really loving kind and considerate he's going to be loyal and faithful you're absolutely right so you you just play with the words I think there's something really cool about that just you know I'm, I'm a big fan of journaling and writing in a diary or both or whatever I'm just a big big fan always have been of just writing what's in my head whether it's just random thoughts or whether I'm writing a story or a a sonnet I say that because I used to write sonnets that was just like my create one of my creative outlets was writing sonnets I loved Mm -hmm. it and I've always found you know from my own perspective separate from from what you're talking about I found a lot of peace in writing I always always have and I think you know, to, to be able to have kind of a, a goal with what you're writing, like what you're talking about is really neat to be able to come back to it and say, this was what was in my head. And here it is now right in front of me. Yeah. So, so many people, when they write, they do what I call a brain dump mm-hmm. and they just everything in their head on the paper. Right. And that's fine. But so many people have negative stuff going on in their head. So you're reinforcing it by writing it down. However, if you have something going on in your life and you have to get the information down, get it down once, be done with it. You don't have to write it 27 times. One of the best things that you can do for yourself is to write a joy journal or a good stuff journal. All the good things that are happening. Because there are good things. There are always good things happening. I'm in Florida right now. Hey, guess what? I was able to go out in sunshine. It was fabulous. I met the neighbor that lives below us. I'd never met him before. Really nice guy. And you just start 
looking at all of these good things. And then you start looking for more good things. Well, I've got to write this list of good things. I got to find some good things. And I've got to write the good stuff and the good stuff and the things that make me joyful. I get to talk with you. I get to look at your pretty face and your pretty smile. And we get to laugh together. That's three different things. Right. And you just start changing your perspective by looking for what's right instead of what's wrong. People have told me that all the time with um, children, mm-hmm. catch them being good or catch them being right. And I was all like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but they did this wrong and they did that wrong. It took a long time for me to switch over. But once I did, it was like, my brain just exploded. And like, <laughs> But gosh, does that make sense? You know, oh, yeah. that's so. I'm at a loss for words, and I think that's just simply because my children have taken all of my brain power when it comes to making sentences. <laughs> well, you've got two kids at two and a half years old. They are exerting some independence. On the one hand, you're going, yay, they're independent. And on the other hand, you're going, oh, they're independent. <laughs> exactly. That's the conversation I have with myself and my husband every single day. <laughs> Why are they so independent? Oh, it's so nice that they're so independent. Why do they want to do this? Oh, it's so nice that they're starting to do that. Yep. <laughs> but if you right. look at it, two and a half, you're pulling your hair out. Take that same personality and make them 22 and a half. Mm. And you're going, I am really glad that my kids are independent. Yeah. I am really glad that my kids know what they want in the world and they're going to go get it. That's. Because if you're always teaching them, mm-hmm. you have to follow my rules. Right. Then you're it's like putting barriers and walls and things like that up and keeping them safe. Yeah. There's a lot of rules. I had two rules in my house and a whole lot of rules under them, Mm -hmm. but the two rules were safety and respect. And that's what I tried drilling into the kids. And when I was going through a divorce, um, actually three of my four kids were teenagers and one of them got involved with drinking and I sort of knew it. And he was going to be a senior. So I wasn't really coming down real hard on him. However, because of safety, I said, never drink and drive. If you need me, call me. I would rather be mad than planning a funeral. Mm -hmm. My mom used to always say that to me. Yeah. And then the other is I'm not going to allow it in my house. So I'm not encouraging it. And that's being respectful for me. And they're pretty good about it. Yeah. It's, I can't think of the words I'm trying to say. I like that. I, I do like what you said. You said there are two rules and then a bunch of rules underneath them. But <laughs> I think that that is really smart. You know, I think that that's kind of like how I, you know, grew up. It was really like, you know, my mom, there was something that you said that was the, uh, I'd rather be angry. And both of my parents always 
always have said that to me. And I remember, gosh, I remember when I was, I mean, I was still living with my parents into my twenties and I think I was about 21, 22, something like that. Went out with friends after work and my mom said, all right, you know, just, just let me know if you're not going to be home by a certain time. Okay. And she said, just call and wake me up. If it's two in the morning, fine. Just call just so I know. I don't want to worry. And I did not call her that night. Oops. And I was out all night. I slept at a friend's house. I did not come home. And when I came home the next day, well, let me rephrase that. This was still in the early days of cell phones. So this is like early 2000, so probably 2001, maybe 2002, you know? And when I woke up in the morning and I looked at my phone, I had 16 missed calls from my mother. <laughs> Voicemails that were like, luckily I, I've blocked them out of my mind because she was so angry. And when I got home, I've never felt more badly about a decision I made in my life. And I still think about that because I, you know, now I'm a parent. I, you know, like I get the, I'd rather be angry that you woke me up at two in the morning or you needed me to come get you. I did that once when I was a little older, not much older. I was in my early twenties and it was new year's Eve and I got stuck with a friend at their boyfriend's house or something. And I was not comfortable. And I was, I just kept saying to her, I I really am not comfortable. And she's like, well, I'm staying. And I was like, I don't want to stay. And I called my dad and this is new year's Eve. And I called my dad and he came down there to get me at like two or three in the morning. And I was crying. I felt so bad. I was so sorry. I woke him up and my dad was like, I'm tired, but it's okay. You didn't feel safe. You didn't feel comfortable. You did the right thing. And it's just so crazy thinking about that now, you know, like, I get it. And that experience, (laughs) you know, those two responsibility for it. Exactly. You took personal responsibility to call. I did. You took personal responsibility because you chose to go there in the first place. Right. And then you took some action that helped you. Right. Exactly. It's all good. And that's what I think about now. I'm like, you know, my parents really, you know, drilled that into me enough. I I think that it was because of that first experience and my mom being so angry that she was so worried all night. And I felt that worry that when this other situation arose a few years later, it was like that other one popped in my head. I was like, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) I'm going to do the right thing here. And the right thing is I need to call and get a ride home. (laughs) Different situations, but it was that same, you know, I'd rather be annoyed or irritated or angry and get over it later than plan a funeral. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears for a couple minutes here. Okay. Go for it. Let's talk about the super fun questions that I like to ask all my guests. All right. Hot seat, make them really get introspective and think about things and this is my favorite favorite thing I don't know why I like asking people these questions I've asked myself these questions so question number one who are three people who have had the most inspiration or influence on you okay uh first is my dad he's all about positive thinking and power of you know positive thought and all that other stuff And he was my first writing teacher. He was not easy on me. (laughs) (laughs) 
course they never are. <laughs> no. And when I had um, my first daughter, I was home. She was about 15 months old. He had given me a computer for Christmas or for Hanukkah. And it sat in the box for six months because I was so afraid of it. <laughs> so I finally pull it out. I'm using it. I'm writing and I'm having a great time and da, 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 da. And I remember him calling me. The newsletter editor just quit. You're going to do it. What? <laughs> I want to be home with my kid. I'm not doing it. I don't want to. He goes, I'm tired of listening to how bored you are. You're going to do it. I like that. I like that and we make it, you know, I can work from home, whatever. So I did it for eight years. So wow. my writing got better because of that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I actually became his editor because he had a column in the newsletter. Oh, that's cool. So, and now he's 93 years old on Saturday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. And he's still working. Wow. He is working to teach the founding principles of the country in the school systems so that people have the opportunity to succeed. That's incredible. That's so incredible. So, so that's my dad. That's awesome. Uh, the next is Dr. Ron Janer, uh, the doctor with tap in the head. Mm -hmm. And he's my mentor and he's my colleague. And he believed in me when nobody else did. And he believed in me when I didn't believe in me. And that was so powerful. And the other day he texted and says, hey, I'm going into a meeting. Throw me some energy. So I'm like, okay, you know, spent 30 seconds throwing energy. And then he texted later, that was the most amazing meeting ever. I had like words of wisdom coming out of my mouth that I didn't know where they came from. Wow. And I'm like, great. That's so exciting. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so cool. He has sculpted my journey. Yeah. You know, if I'm, I was interested in the heart-mind connection. And how they work together. And by the way, the heart wins. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you think something, but if you're feeling it, then you're golden. If you're feeling something different, whatever you're feeling, that's going to that's gonna be what you manifest. Yeah. So, Dr. Ron Janer. Then the third is my daughter, Shoshana. She was my third child. And boy, was she a pistol. <laughs> she was three years old and she was asking if her dad and I were getting divorced. Oh my goodness. And we're like, no, we're fine. We weren't fighting. We were raising kids, whatever, whatever. Well, guess what? What we didn't know at the time was that she was extremely intuitive and psychic. Yeah. Well, 11 years later, we finally decided to get divorced. Mm-hmm. But during those 11 years, we kept telling her, no, you're wrong, even though she knew she was right. Wow. But she didn't even know that she was the psychic. Right. And so she got angrier and angrier. So we were dealing with anger coming out of all different directions. And we tried all these different things. And guess what? If she hadn't been angry and she hadn't made a fuss, 
I might not have been on this path because part of this path included helping her. Mm -hmm. And like, there has got to be a better way. And then when she was 21, she came to me and said, I've tried all this other stuff. I've tried um, pharmaceuticals. I've tried a treatment center. I've tried, I even had her try meditation. It didn't work for her because she needed a different type of meditation. Um, I tried boarding school when I couldn't do it anymore. And I'm trying all of these things and it's not working, not working. At 21, she came to me and said, teach me what you do. That's so awesome. Yeah. So now I've taught her. She is so good at it. Oh, that's amazing. And she is one of the happiest people I know. I love that. And she's always happy and always sparkly. I love it. I love it. She owns it. Yeah. It's not that she's putting on anything. Right. It's who she is. is. So she took herself from depression, anxiety, anger all the way up to happiness and where she's just exploding with happiness. And I held out the hope for her by constantly going, well, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's try that. And I never told her she was a loser. I told her, if you survive childhood, you're going to make a dynamite adult. What I really meant is if I don't kill you first. (laughs) Well, obviously, when you say, if you survive childhood, I mean, yeah, I think mom (laughs) is making a point here, kid. (laughs) But she had high school graduation two days before she turned 18. Mm -hmm. And she was at a small boarding school. There were 12 people in her graduating class. And so at this graduation, all the parents were able to get up and say something. And so I was able to get up and say, you have survived childhood. You are now an adult and you are going to be a dynamite adult. Amazing. That's so cool. I I love that you, you know, that, 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 that she came into her own and kind of discovered who she really is and that you, you know, I want to say let her, but you know what I mean? Like, you let her figure out who she was and, and and understand, okay, this is why all these things occurred. I think that's amazing. And, and that she followed in mom's footsteps, you know, that's really, that, that's, that's really neat, especially when it's something that obviously comes very naturally to someone. I think that that's really lovely. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. I lost my earbud there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the second question here is similar but different from that. I I will say I've had people have the same answer for both of these questions, and I've had people have different answers. Um, But I'm going to simplify it and say, if you could have a dinner party or any other activity that you would prefer over a dinner party with three um, beings, they don't have to be human. That's why I say beings and not people dead or alive, fictional or real, you can know them, they can be relatives, they can be anything from history, from the future, they can be cartoons. I always use cartoons as an example because I can't think characters from a book or a movie or, you know, ghosts, whatever. 
it, it is really that broad of a question and and I like having it that broad. I don't know if people like that, but I do. <laughs> so if you can have three at your dream gathering, okay. who would those three be and why? Nikola Tesla. Oh, that's brilliant a man. And I just love brilliance, intelligence, and tell me more, tell me more. And how did you get there? And, you know, stuff like that. It just it thrills me. Yeah. Princess Diana. Mm, that's a great one. She was all about humanity and helping people. Absolutely. I was always I, a huge fan. Oh, I, I loved her. Still am, but when I was a young child, I mean, I was 17 when she died. And I just remember sitting in front of the TV that night and being like, Yeah, the whole world what? was. Like, yeah. I mean, it was complete and utter like this incredible human being is gone. She's so young. Like uh, even at 17, I was thinking that, but I don't mean to interrupt you. I just, okay. That's a great one. The third one is Snoopy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> because oh, sorry, I got real excited. <laughs> I love Snoopy. Snoopy and the happy dance. Yes. Oh my gosh. Peanuts, Charlie Brown. Oh, such a huge part of my life. And yeah. Snoopy, I mean, that's incredible. I love that. What a great dinner party. That would be some fascinating conversation, some serious entertainment. <laughs> That's an awesome, I say dinner party, but whatever gathering it is. I love that. I love that. All right, Judith, last question for you. This is the very last one. This is the easiest question you will be asked all day. And that is, how can our listeners connect with you? Go to my website, judithjoy.com. Wow, you really made it complicated. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. Judithjoy.com. Awesome. And then I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Awesome. Are you Judith Joy on all of those? Um, some of them, but some of them are Yes with Judith Joy. Oh, I like that. Yes. Because the company Judith name is Joy. Yes with Joy. Oh, yes with Joy. I mean, what a great way to use your name and the dual meaning of that name. I love it. That's awesome. Judith, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day today um, to talk with me and, and to just be here because I, we just had such a fascinating, wonderful conversation. You're such a lovely person. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. I am so delighted to talk with you and your listeners. We can have a great life if we can take responsibility for it and move up into the high fives. Absolutely. Perfectly said. <laughs> <laughs>